absolute power corrupts absolutely. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Sunday edition of the Master Plan. I am JT, a.k.a. the Master, and ironically, um, the Master Plan. It, the name is, I'm really ser- seriously thinking about changing the name. Due to the current events that have happened in the last week, And over the several years, I'm saddened and hurt about what's been going on. Excuse me, because I may get emotional here, because the simple fact is I'm 62 years old. Seeing people of color and people who care about the uh, uh, United States and us coming together as a people of one get systematically killed. Recently, earlier in the week, we had two brothers, in my opinion, one that clearly was gunned down for no apparent reason. And the other one uh, was subdued from what I'm, for what I've seen. And I'm going by what I've seen by my own eyes in a position that would be uh, considered a position of uh, submission and get executed. This is not the first. This won't be the last. Now, I've known in the past, and I'm trying to uh, carefully give you my words. I've known in the past that circumstances had warranted certain brothers from the African-American community to be and a question of whether the the actions that were taken by the police were warranted or used excessive force that wasn't necessary. Now, I'm telling you right now, okay, I've had experiences with good and bad, good and bad. With uh, men in blue, and uh, I'm not saying that all uh, policemen are bad, but let's be clear here, and it it's 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 a statistical fact. I'll take the statistical fact back because I'm going to go into that a little further. But right now, let's be clear. When you are a, a, a person in blue, whether male or female, and I'm not talking about what color you are. I'm talking about a person in blue who's in the position of, of authority. It's the reason why I came out, and that's one of the reasons why I come out every time on this show. First thing I come out, and I said it twice this time, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You have a tendency to have a God complex and some can handle it. Some abuse it. And those abuse it. You get some of the results uh, like you got this past week uh, on the uh, with the demise of two African-American men by the hands of the uh, local police in their respective areas. And I'm not just going to focus on this show on one side. I'm, I'm talking on both sides 
but I'm talking on this side first, and then I will move on from there. It is an absolute travesty when year after year, and literally in a matter of 24, 48 hours, and it was videotaped. It's not like hearsay. And thank God for cell phones. Thank God for cameras. Thank God for people um, being more aware of filming cowardly acts by some policemen on their citizens. I've seen it happen on, in, on camera to white but all too many on minorities, in particular, black men, who seems like to be the target nowadays. Some people say you shouldn't put yourself in that situation. Comply, comply, comply. Well, thanks to, like I say, cameras, cell phone cameras, regular cameras, or whatever, that can film what actually takes place rather than take the word of an officer versus a citizen. We see what the real deal is. We see what actually happens in the past where uh, a minority has, has claimed foul, has claimed that he was unjustly physically assaulted or unjustly accused of a crime that he didn't commit, but because the officer is trying to cover his butt, he fabricates a story that would favor him. And since there was no video at the time, more often than not, whether white, black, blue, brown, if you don't believe it, problem, you're in denial. that it all, all too happens that they side on they side on the side of the man in blue now we had video evidence of the back to back shootings that took took place that took place and it 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 it's a beyond belief when you hear we have to see, we have to, we don't know, we still don't know all what happened. That's what you're getting from both these uh, um, um, police departments. When it's on videotape, what obviously happened. Isn't it funny? Okay. Isn't it funny? And, and it's and it's and it's amazing that Philando Castile. Before I talked about the other person, Philando Castile, the last black man to get killed, was driving with his girlfriend and their, I think, his four-year-old daughter in the back seat. Anyone had listened to the the radio report? that the officer, before he stopped him, called dispatch and said he looked like a guy that fits the description of uh, a robbery because of his wide nose, which is an absolute insult. An absolute insult. Posley was supposed to be for a, even, even a broken taillight. Pulls him over. Pulls him over. The guy volunteers, and I'm talking about the guy, Philando Castile, volunteers. I have a gun. I am licensed to carry. The officer tells him to give me your ID. He reaches for the ID, and the officer shoots him four times. Four times. The tape is rolling from a cell phone of his girlfriend. You can hear the girlfriend said he was reaching for his ID, sir. She was being very respectful. 
She wasn't going off on him. She was very calm and respectful of the police officer, calling him sir at every chance she could possibly uh, do. The officer said to her, I told him not to move. She said to him, no, you didn't, sir. You told him, give me your ID. And he got shot for it. This is the guy. No criminal record. Loved by the community. Was told as early as he could possibly understand by his mother. You get confronted by a police officer. You comply. You comply. You comply. And what do you get shot? What do you get for it? He got shot four times and died in front of his daughter who was sitting in the back seat, point blank, sitting in the seat, driver's seat. And, that, and, 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 and this is ironic because this is, this is how it works, people. And if you don't understand white or black, if you don't understand, understand this. He, it, it was legal open carry, in a legal open carry state, and he was legal in, in being able to carry a firearm. And who of the Second Amendment to uh, the right to bear arms, which is part of the Second Amendment? The NRA, the National Rifle Association. It took them two days, and he didn't name them by by his name, it took him two days for him to acknowledge that the right to bear arms and a disturbing uh, a point about him getting shot. Now, as we speak, people, and if you think I'm lying, look online as we speak. The NRA is facing internal division as its members argue that the group did not do enough to defend gun owners' rights by speaking out on behalf of Philando Castile, who was shot to death. Is it ironic, and I know this is going to be inflammatory, but I don't care. Is it ironic that he happens to be an African-American? But if it's a Caucasian, if it's a white person in this country that is... In the same situation, would they come and, and actually say the person's name out loud, saying such and such, Joe Smith, John Doe, whoever his name, had the right to carry and is, uh, was gunned down for it. The man had a valid permit. The man told him up the officer up front that he had a weapon and got shot for it and got shot for it and let me tell you something people let me let me let me go a little further in this tale because and I should say tale but let me go a little t- further in this situation this is all on film this is actually on all on film. This woman was very calm in the situation that we, she was in, and it was actually on film. After, after he got shot, she was ordered out of the car. Okay? Ordered out of the car. At gunpoint. At gunpoint. And it was on tape. She was ordered out of the car at gunpoint. Told to walk toward the officer. Told to get on her knees. Told to get on her stomach and was handcuffed. With her four-year-old daughter still looking at this. And the four-year-old daughter, after a while, said, don't worry, Mommy, I'm here for you. What kind of country do we live in? 
What kind of country do we live in? When I presidential candidates, a presidential candidate thinks it's all right to berate disabled people, all right to berate um, people of color, and it fuels the fuels the flames of divisiveness. Now, some people and a, a certain segment of this society. And even my black brothers, even my black brothers, let me put it this way, even my black, some of my black brothers are saying, how can you be taken seriously when the majority, when, when, when a lot of black-on-black crime, when black brothers are killing each other? How can you be taken seriously? Well, one is, doesn't justify the other. One is not the, the other. It's two different issues we have here. True, there's a lot of black-on-black crime, but there's a lot of white-on-white crime, too. Okay? And there's a high crime rate of blacks killing each other in Chicago. I understand that. But understand what I'm talking about here. And I premised it earlier in this conversation. The people in... Excuse me. The people in blue are in a position of power. A position of power. And obviously, they're in a position to to control whether you live or die. And if you have a mindset that's faulty in their thinking that a group in society is less human than others, and it's okay in a sense, to take their lives, then there's a problem in society. The mindset of a lot of people, a lot of people in this society think that better, they're better than anyone else. I have a saying, okay, I'm not a rich person by no means whatsoever. And my mindset would not change whether I had just this $540 million that someone just won from the lottery or uh, uh, um, make $10,000 a year. Just because you got money don't make you smart. Makes you fortunate, <clears throat> excuse me, makes you fortunate doesn't make you smart. As a nation's largest and oldest civil rights organization, That's how this NRI Facebook page came out. NRI proudly supports the right of law-abiding Americans to carry firearms for defense of themselves, others, and others, regardless of race, religion, or sexual orientation. And like I said, the NRI and its members, I'm not just making this up, its members are finding it Extremely disturbing. Extremely disturbing. Why is it? And I come out and say it if no one else wants to say it. Why is it that a black man or a minority, I put it this way, a minority is more of a threat with a weapon than a white person. Why is that? Or, let me put it this way. Why is it in this society, and I see it every day, I'm 62 years old, okay? Live in a very diverse community. I see it every day, as subtle as it may be, because it's ingrained, ingrained in this society. That if you're a minority, and particularly, because this is what I am, and I've experienced it uh, in some level or another on a daily basis. If you're an African-American man, 
male that you're a threat. It's because like uh, Russ Limbaugh or um, of someone of those that ilk on Fox News, who who in my opinion uh, preach hate, preach divisiveness. That's how they get their ratings. Russ Russ Limbaugh. Let me let me just go on him. Russ Limbaugh. It's saying that the Black Lives Matter movement should be listed as a terrorist group. Now, true, okay, and and, and the reason. Uh, um, let me let me go backtrack. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. Russ Limbaugh said the, and this is this. Is, I'm not saying this just to be saying it. He actually said that they they should be listed as a terrorist group. Why is it? That when people of color, and, and in this instance, it's Black Lives Matter's group, organization, whatever you, whatever you want to call them, is a, uh, should be listed as a terrorist group because they're trying to um, bring to light the injustices that have been taking place. And you get these black apologists are saying, like I keep saying, well, until black-on-black crime stops, which is never going to stop, just like white-on-white crime is never going to stop, stop, blacks stop killing each other at a high rate. Now, true, it's an extremely high rate in Chicago. Um, you're not going to be taken seriously. And I know I've said this before, but this is two different matters here, Okay. I understand that you, you, the mindset is this. If you don't care enough uh, to stop killing your own people, why should anybody else care about you? I understand that. But even before the crime rate on black on black was high like it is now, and usually, let me put it this way, people, usually black people stay within their own community so if crime happens, it's going to be black on black, black on black, and vice versa. White stay, usually stay in their community, and it's going to be a white on white crime. So, in my opinion, this is this is a different different point. I get I get the point he's saying, but it's a different point for the simple reason is this, and I keep on saying it. Men in the, the men in blue, and I'll, I'll go back. Uh, the persons in blue are in a position of power, be able to control life and death. I understand they have to make snap judgments, uh, split-second decisions, but too many countless times before there was videotape and now where we can put things on video and actually see what takes place, too many times black men were getting summarily executed executed and I'll say it executed and not uh, uh, any uh, uh, persons in blue that were responsible not being held accountable because it was their word against um, the deceased let me put it that way or witnesses but because the witnesses were discounted and because the person in blue carried more weight than anyone else You see these officers walking or getting extremely light sentences or given every kind of excuse or benefit of the the doubt versus on the other side, not getting the benefit of doubt, always painting the dark picture, uh, so to speak, of the person that was um, victimized. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the Dallas shooting. Trust me. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the Dallas shooting. Trust me. But I have to get this out. Russ Limbaugh. Russ Limbaugh. I didn't hear him come out and say anything about the two guys that got killed. And he probably, and, and I shouldn't say this before, but it sounds like 
he buys into the same same caveat like a lot of other white people do. Oh, he had to do something to cause the to issue. Now Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh, claimed it's a myth that black men are disproportionately killed by police. Despite actual evidence to the contrary. It's amazing. It's amazing that these hate mongers get so much airtime. And the people that that are, are trying to get equality under the law, which is which is a American right, are denigrated, lambasted. The Washington Post calculated that police shot and killed 990 people in the United States in 2015. And, and these, these are facts, people. I'm not just throwing these out there. These are facts. Or about one person every eight or nine hours. Those fatal shootings surpassed our worst years of lynchings. And when I say that, 161 African Americans were lynched in 1892. That was the worst year. And capital punishment. This year, we're on track to hit or surpass 2015's numbers with 509 shooting deaths at the hands of police as of, as of uh, three days ago. And this is from the Washington Post. The Washington Post reports that the majority of cases in which police shot and killed a person who had attacked someone with a weapon or brandished a gun, the person was, who was shot was white. So listen to that again. The Washington Post reports that in the majority of cases in which police shot and killed a person who attacked someone with a weapon or brandished a gun, the person who was shot was white. But a huge disproportionate number, three in five of those killings after exhibiting less threatening behavior, were black or Hispanic. The paper added that one-fourth of those killed were mentally ill or experienced an emotional crisis. Every story about police violence brings with it a wave of people pointing to stats about black people committing more crime than white people. But the real story has many more layers. And this is from the FBI. The FBI statistics suggest that African Americans are more likely to be convicted of violent crimes, but black people are disproportionately arrested, convicted, and sentenced across the country. One survey found that half of African American respondents, including six in ten black men, said they personally had been treated unfairly by police because of their race compared to 3% of whites. There's also a proven track record of black Americans being punished more harshly for the same crimes as their counterparts. Just recently, a judge in Pennsylvania got convicted uh, because of basically um, sending black teens to jail for money. For those who don't know, the prison system um, is uh, is one of the um, quickest growing industries in this country, uh, and disproportionately house uh, minorities for the same crime as whites. So it, this is uh, this is statistics. This is not. Uh, and if you compare the, the same crimes that whites do versus minorities, you'll be surprised because it's, 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 an, it's an absolute uh, uh, horror. Whether it's due to our affinity for guns or fear that everyone around us has them or lack of training among police officers, officers 
Many Americans aren't surprised anymore to see gun violence between officers and civilians. In many other democratic developed nations, violent, violent confrontations between citizens and law enforcement, law enforcement officers pan out a little differently. How about this? Just a month after last year's terrorist attacks, police officers in London were faced with a knife-wielding suspect who was threatening to kill them. The suspect was asked to put his weapon down, then hit with a taser and subdued. That same week, a similar incident took place in San Francisco, but the suspect's fate was not the same. And that had to do with an African-American with about six uh, officers standing about 10 feet away from him, at least 10 to 15 feet away from him. And he was gunned down in cold blood. By September 1 of last year, police in the United Kingdom had killed one person. In the U.S., cops had killed 776 by that time. University of California at Berkeley professional uh, professor Jerome Carabell noted last year, this is the level of police violence that is simply unimaginable in our other weather, in other wealthy democratic countries. In Germany in 2012, a total of seven people were killed by the police. And in England, a single person was killed in 2013 and 2014 combined. And Japan, a nation of 126 million people, that is as nonviolent as the U.S. is violent, had no police killings over the past two years. And if you think police are more likely to shoot at civilians in high crime areas, think again. Campaign Zero, an advocacy group working against brutality, reports that there is no correlation between police violence and community violence. And when I and since I'm since I said that. And I, had, I just specifically said Chicago. And it just right there, it tells you there's no correlation between police violence and community violence. So just because there is a high crime rate and high kill rate or, or homicide rate in Chicago doesn't mean that the, it's going to happen with the police. We've been hearing these arguments going around without any data or any evidence from folks who are saying that police are killing so many people, particularly black people, because they say black people are in high crime communities and potentially involved in criminal activity. Police, meanwhile, are rarely indicted over fatal shootings, though charges have been filed more often over the past few years. And like I said, as civilians use smartphones to record altercations. That's key. You see something going down. You got to record it. Of the few officers actually charged over a shooting in the last decade, one-third were convicted. I'll say it again, and I'll, and I'll keep saying it. If you're a, a black American in 2016, you have every reason to wonder why you're being targeted. It isn't easy being tasked with carrying a firearm, and I understand that, and policing your community. Every officer is taught that if it's a burglary, a traffic kick ticket, that, that there's always a gun involved because you're armed. Every situation is a gun situation. Just, but just because um, every situation is supposed to be considered a gun situation doesn't justify the death of these two guys that uh, were summarily, in my opinion, executed in the last couple, uh, in, within the last week. Doesn't justify it. Black Lives Matter is not a terrorist group. Black Lives Matter is trying to bring to light that stop killing our people at a disproportionate, disproportionate rate compared to others. Black Lives Matter. Now, I saw an analogy here, and, and hopefully I can get it right. Family sitting at a table. Hopefully I can get this right. 
family sitting at a table. Uh, mother, father, and three kids. Okay. Uh, doesn't make a difference who. It, well, I'll say two sons and a daughter. Okay. Everybody gets uh, gets food on their plate except Johnny. Johnny's one of the sons. Johnny says, I'm hungry too. Father says, everybody's hungry. Just because you're hungry doesn't mean that just because you're hungry doesn't, doesn't mean everybody uh, is hungry. And, and what makes you so special? Johnny saying, I'm not trying to be special. I just said, I'm hungry. The analogy I'm trying to make is this. I don't know if I said it right, but this is the analogy I'm trying to make. When some the minorities in this country, particularly blacks, say black lives matter, they're not saying above anyone else. They're saying black lives matter. Now, if you want to say black lives matters too, then you can say that. But that's what, the, in essence, is saying. Black lives matters too. So when someone says all lives matters, that's trying to dismiss the message that the Black Lives Matters group is trying to get out. That Black Lives Matter. And if, like I said, if you want to put two on there, you can put two on there. But that's the message, and it's a peaceful group. Now, with any protest you're going to get conflict on both sides, those that agree and those that don't agree. So when you get a protest in whatever city or town it is in, um, depending on the demographics, you may get physical confrontation, unwarranted, because these, the Black Lives Matter group is a peaceful group, not, according to Dress Limbaugh, a terrorist group. Unlike... It's not unlike the marches, civil rights marches of, of the 60s. So why is it that minorities fighting for what their rights should be are getting lambasted, getting uh, because terrorist group is the buzzword nowadays, getting put into that group by certain a persons, a person, a certain person, or certain persons in this country that are still trying to create divisiveness. Because it's the one thing you want to understand is divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. I got uh, uh, a friend of mine here, that uh, a fellow guy uh, that. Um, is uh, normally on the uh, Pete Cruz show, which is on 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to bring him in here. Uh, and uh, I know he's been listening to me because I saw him in the chat room for a bit. And I, uh, he's got something to say. And I'm always willing to listen to my man, Jeff. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? Hey, Jerry. Uh, yeah, th- these are tough times. These these very. are very upsetting times. And uh, I I just hope, you know, people could uh you know you know a lot of cliches but can pull together and pull through this and uh, as bad as it is it could be a lot worse but uh you know i've you know seen and heard a lot of weird things i mean the good thing is i mean all, all these protests all over the vast majority are peaceful and that's that's very positive and right. the uh the gunman in dallas he was a loner and most of these type of people, uh, you see, the problem with it is, you know, he killed six cops. He didn't kill six cops who killed unarmed black men. You know what I'm saying? He yep, killed six I know random exactly cops. That, right. Yep. And that's that's, that's, really that's, act. That, that's why I hate violence because, right. you know, it, it's like misplaced aggression, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. – uh, a, a, a lot of these, you know, lone terrorist types, they're lone. It'd be more scary if it was a group of people. And, yeah, right. 
and, and I, you know, the thing is, you think if uh, somebody, you know, really, you know, went off the deep end and was talking a lot of about, about violence stuff like that, you know, his family and his friends could maybe reach out to him. But the problem is, a lot of those people maybe aren't close with their family. Maybe they don't have friends, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anybody out there, if you know somebody, you know, you're close with uh, isn't acting right, isn't talking right, you got to try to bring them back, you know, uh, right. get them some help, um, you know, and as long as, you know, it, I, I just hope this never escalates to, you know, group violence, you know, that, that, well, that's a real scary thing. And I, I don't want this country to go back there, but I, you hear so many things and it's a lot. Now, now I, I don't know how true this is, but I hear in some areas, and this is something recently I heard that they have part-time cops. That that shouldn't be. I mean, uh, I, I think law enforcement is one of those things you want full-time professionals because there's a lot of training, or at least there should be a lot of training involved, and you know uh, they they shouldn't be using part-time cops. I don't know how accurate that is. Well, that's, um, that's probably that's probably accurate, um, and I'm trying to think of. <clears throat> I live in an area. Um, or, or surrounding community. I'm trying to think if there's any part-time cops here because I know there's, there's some community that, that I, I live by um, that I know they, they don't have full-time dispatchers. It goes to a the, the county dispatcher. So I don't know if that's considered part-time, but um, um, they have a normal dispatcher during the day, um, but um, um, at night at a certain time, it goes to a, a county. Uh, I don't know if you consider that part-time, but uh, um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I, I do believe there's got to be better training, man. I, 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 I'm 62 years old. I've seen a lot, experienced a lot, experienced good and bad uh, from, from on the side of blue. I'm not a... A, I, I hate to say it like this, a friend of the blue, but uh, I understand their job. Um, but I've had more uh, um, bad experiences than good experiences. Let me put it that way. Um, and uh, I've seen up coming up through the years um, a lot of a lot that's taken place. And from what I saw it saw in the last week. Got me extremely upset. Extremely upset. Because this looked like they're taking a step back in this country when you have what took place earlier in the week and then at near the end of the week what took place is in my opinion, and I said this on Facebook, I and the Dallas shooting was an actually absolute cowardly act. Uh, does the uh, the movement now, the Black Lives Matter movement, does it no good because now it gives fuel to the fire for those who are opposed to that uh, and saying, like Russ Limbaugh, I don't know if you was listening to me, Russ Limbaugh said it should be categorized as a terrorist group. And that's the buzzword, buzzword uh, at the terrorist group now, the terrorists. Um, when, like you point out, majority of the protests have been peaceful. Um, and now because of something like this happened, happened in this type of protest, it gives fuel to the fire for those who are preaching divisiveness in this country. And uh, it's, it, it's, it's, and I hate to say it like this, but you never, I wouldn't say never, but, um, Something like this and the explosion that's taken place, uh, or implosion, I should say, that's taken place, seems like it always happens when it, this type of year versus in the dead of winter. And I don't know if that's a climate thing. I, I have no idea. But it seems like the tempers flare up. Things get absolutely nuts in the summer months. Uh Maybe because people are out more, maybe because of uh I don't know. I, I don't know. Tensions rise 
uh, this time of year. Um, but that's neither here nor there. The the point is, we had a presidential candidate, and I'm not saying he caused it, but I'm, I'm not. I'm saying he he didn't help it. Preach uh, uh, and uh, bring a lot of things out to light. We gave excuse to a lot of um, like minding, like thinking people to come out from the darkness into the light. And now, it, now it looks like it's open season on saying whatever they want to say, or whoever they want to say too. Um, and it's just fanning fuel to the fire. I don't know what, what you're thinking about that, but um, uh, it, it's the wrong thinking at the wrong time. This is 2016. 2016. We should be moving, moving forward and moving together, not moving forward and moving apart. Talk to me. You know, I, I think there is a correlation because, you know, people – go out more and do more in the warmer weather. And then if it gets too hot, then it could kind of agitate people. And I, 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 you know, when it's real cold, you know, you just go to work and come home and that's about it. Nobody's hanging around, you know, nobody's going for walks. Nobody's going to the park, you know? So there, there is some type of correlation. Now, D- Donald Trump, he scares me. He scares a lot of people. Um, I mean, I'm no Hillary fan, but at mm-hmm. least she's held elected office before. She's also right. held appointed office. Because um, mm-hmm. Trump is nuts. I, I think, you know, and he's not the great businessman people, some people think he is. He's had right. a lot of business failures, and he's screwed a lot of people. And, exactly. You know, in, in recent years, he makes his money through licensing and reality TV, you know. So, you know, he's not like a Mark Cuban, some really sharp business guy. uh mm-hmm. It's funny because I those those two don't get along, but I'm just he was the first name that came to mind, you know. Sure. So uh, the thing is with Trump, I mean, he scares me, and I think to him, you know, politics is just the next hustle. You know, you know what I mean? And yep, you're right. Uh, it's like a, it's probably a joke to him thinking, you know, oh, I'm gonna pull one over on the American people, and he's so crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, he has some good ideas, some. But he can get us into a war or something, and that's what nobody is saying wants. And that's that's why, you know, I don't want him. But the the number one logical reason is I don't think your first elected office should be president. Um, I think you should serve at least as a senator, maybe even a representative or a governor. But you should mm-hmm. have some type of political track record. Now, I know the right. appeal of someone like Trump is he's from outside the system. But you know what? Pay your dues a little bit. Because in almost any job, you need some type of relevant experience, uh, and, and I don't think, yeah, and and I think if, if he's such an outsider. If he was elected, even though he's technically Republican, I, I don't think uh, he'd be able to get votes from uh, a lot of the Republicans in the House and the Senate. And I'll tell you, if if he did go to the White House, they'd be looking. Just anything he did wrong, they'd be looking to impeach him because. Uh, I don't think he's popular with the other politicians now. A lot of these guys are crooked, but at least they're sane because, uh, you know, this, this guy's out of his mind, and, and I don't think he's going to represent us well to the rest of the world, um, you know. So, but but well, I'll, 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 yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, let me ask you something, Jeff. All the things that he said uh, from the time he got into this race with the seventeen other Repu- sixteen other Republicans that were uh, going up, he was going up against, and the crazy outlandish things that he was saying. And in the beginning, they weren't taking him seriously until one by one, uh, the Republican contenders were falling by the wayside, and he uh, was looking like he was going to be the the um, the last man standing, so to speak. And all the outlandish things that he was saying, uh, and the racially divisive things that he was saying, and all the uh, persons within his party were making all kinds of excuses for him, um, which is beyond my wildest thoughts that that would take place. And to this day, 
they're dismissing or making excuses for him because he's going to be the Republican nominee. In any other era, any other presidential election, I cannot see this guy um, being excused for all the, the divisive, divisive things that he has brought to the table and still stand as the uh, Republican nominee. And um, even though he's denounced by a lot in his party, those in, in the early stages or whatever said they wouldn't um, support him, have come behind him, which is, which is hypocrisy, hypocrisy at its high, highest level. Um, and in my opinion, those that are in the Republican Party, whether they elect officials that are behind them or those that are um, that are, are not politicians but voters, how can they possibly, unless they're like-minded, how can they possibly agree with this with this guy because of the divisive things and the potential to be ostracized by the world if he if he becomes the president because of his mind of, of his thoughts of his of uh, how he's presented himself what he's said and how he's how he said it. it it boggles my mind that he's gotten free airtime which is which is because of the media and wanting to get him on air to, to get that one crazy thought out there, which would get headlines and, and, and the viewers to their, to the, whatever, whatever venue they have, whether it's a, a radio or TV. I mean, that's, that's um, prostitution in my opinion uh, at the highest level doing that through the, and the fact is he has no clue how to govern. And you, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And they dismiss his business dealings. Stiffen, he says he for the for the working guy. Well, he stiffed a lot of working guys in our state, in Atlantic City, caused businesses to go out of business because he's he's stiffing, or because they taken him to court to get their money, dragged out the uh, um, legal process long enough to suck them dry legally uh, through legal fees that they went out of business. So, and and I can't believe, it boggles my mind that persons in the Republican Party overlook all that and still are behind this guy. Talk to me. Well, that's the thing I don't like about politics is the whole partisan thing. You know, I mean... It'd be nice if, uh, you know, you, you know the the your 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 local senator, your local representative, if they were more concerned about either what their constituency wanted or what they thought was right, instead of just towing the party line. That's right. one of the things I don't like about the whole party system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, but the, and one of the problems is also they're really not that different. You know, so when you have a choice between two things that aren't very different, that's not much of a choice. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, the De- Democrats and the Republicans, they're like Coke and Pepsi. Uh, they're not that different. Okay, there's a little difference, but, you know, uh, where's the choice? Where, Where's the RC? Where's the where's the, the orange soda? Where's the grape soda? Where's the Sprite? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, in, in other countries – they they have more choices. It's not this two party fallacy. But the and, and I hate people who romanticize other countries too much. I mean, believe me, I think we can learn a lot from other countries. But when you're a big, you know, financially prosperous country, it's very easy to ignore the rest of the world, and that happens a lot. But like in these countries in Europe, a lot of countries with the more par- parliamentary system, let's say they, you know, um, they have a lot of parties. And then you kind of you have to form a coalition to get a majority, and, and a lot of those coalitions could be very fragile, and it's hard to get things done. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want that kind of system, but 
you know, this for a long time, this two-party fallacy, I, I don't think it works well at times. Uh, but I'll tell you, with, with Trump, you know, like I said, he screwed a lot of people. And one of his earlier, I don't know if it's earliest, one of his earlier and most notorious screw jobs was in the world of sports, was the USFL. Yep. And you know what? For him, it's just a day at the office. You know, now, you know, the big stars, you know, the Herschel Walkers and the Doug Flutie's made out all right. But there were a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of other people who needed those jobs, and he 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 didn't give a toss. And nope. you know the U, USFL they had he was not one of the original owners. He he bought in after the first season. Um, they had a business model, but you know a guy like him can't go with the plan. And he was the one who who pushed them towards uh, moving to the fall, which was suicide, and uh you know the the uh the the lawsuit and he i think he admitted he was hoping that the NFL was going to uh you know that they they could win either win the lawsuit or the NFL would compromise uh you know and take in a few teams and he would be one of the teams and he figured it'd be a good way to him for him to get into the NFL you know and you know through the back door that didn't happen but you know for him no big deal but, you know, so many other people got screwed, he could care less. And and you know what? It's old news, but it's still relevant because that's the kind of guy he is. Now, I'm surprised that there hasn't been some big-time skeleton in the closet to be exposed because a guy like that usually has got – he's probably got a stadium full of skeletons. And, oh. you know, where's the big one that's going to really uh, – you know, it would take a lot for him to, you know, to step out of the election, to step down, but – uh you know, I'm, I, where's the skeletons, you know? And, and, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, when you're a politician or any, any type of person who needs some type of approval rating, you know, there, there's always going to be people who don't like you. But I think it's very bad when people hate you because when mm-hmm. people hate you, they will vote for anyone running against you. And I think right. that that's what could lose it for Trump because there's a lot of people like myself who – can't they're gonna they're gonna go i mean it's a secret ballot i'm not going to tell anybody on principle i don't tell people i'm going to vote but there's right. a good chance i'm going to i'm going to go to the ballot and i'm going to cast my vote and i'll be like i can't believe i voted for hillary clinton <laughs> yeah I understand. And it's going to be uh, millions right. of those folks uh mm-hmm. millions and 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 that who knows maybe if uh trump wasn't so obnoxious you know he he wouldn't be losing so many votes like that um and you know he he's friends with uh the the governor of new jersey whose popularity's dipped a lot you, you know what they say uh, birds of a feather you know yeah yeah um, yeah i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of uh of, of uh double c either so yeah so uh but uh yeah it it, it, it this is you know really odd and it's going to be an odd republican convention because you know the thing is you know, uh, it, as, as phony as politicians could be, I mean, these guys at least usually, even if they're faking it, they have some class, they have some manners, they know how to play mm-hmm. the game. I mean, Trump right. admitted if he didn't get the Republican nomination, he was going to run independent. You know, re- real Republicans don't do that. You know, right? Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, mean, I, I well, like a guy he, who's he, a little brash, but he, he's just yeah. out of line. Well, let me ask you, let me, let me, this is an analogy, and, and, and um, I just thought about it, and, and, and more and more I think about it, uh, it, it holds true to uh, what, what the comparison Mr. Trump is. I compare uh, Mr. Trump to uh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> For a simple reason, he, he was born with uh, a, a silver spoon in his mouth. Got his way at, uh, from the from the time he was born. Um, see, sees sees that whatever he does is uh, uh, he can do whatever he need wants to do uh, because um, he doesn't know any any better and uh, uh, is not good uh, for uh, not good for the people around him and and. and if you if you take take all the things away from him, you can see that he's a very um, overrated person. Let me put it that way. And, and I have to see that that's my analogy about him and, and, and uh, 
uh, comparison to Johnny Manziel. They seem like just I know they're two different type of people. I know that the age difference, but the same scenario, in my opinion, of their lives um, from start to up until this point fit um, fit what I'm thinking. So, uh, well, it, 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 that that's a very interesting comparison. Um, now, uh, a, a gentleman, and I'm using the term loosely, you mentioned earlier, who I think might have a lot in common with Trump, is uh, Rush Limbaugh, which I, oh. I mean, I, oh. I, I can't believe. I mean, is that guy still around? And that yeah. guy's a fraud because, yep. you know, he, he used to represent himself as, you know, old-fashioned values, you know, family mm-hmm. values and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, his personal life was a mess. Uh, I think he was divorced at least once. And, and which you know divorce happens, but he had a really messy personal life, no kids, uh, and then he was a, a big time uh, uh, prescription pill abuser. Which yep. you know that, that that could happen to good folks, but you know what it mm-hmm. is? I think with decent folks, they they keep it quiet and they you know they they try to you, you know the, despite the problem they they still try to act right. And, and this guy, you know, he acted like he was on pills. You know, kind of like another guy who I, I thought acted like a jerk, and I suspected he was abusing drugs, was uh, the owner of the cults, Ursay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was times, I swear, he looked high as a kite. And this was before he got busted with, you know, over 20 grand in cash looking to buy pills. And, and a lot of people, you know, in that similar situation, you know, they know they're messed up and they're trying to keep a low profile, but not these guys. I guess they got so much ego, you know, they just think, you know, they're so they're so smart and everybody's so stupid and uh, you know Manziel is nuts. I mean he thinks the NFL teams don't want him. The only way he's got a chance back into the NFL is if he could prove himself in the Arena League or Canada. And I don't think you could squeeze his ego into uh, the AFL or the CFL. Right. Uh, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I, I think he's strictly a college quarterback. Maybe maybe the CFL. I think the CFO, CFO probably uh, can flourish in because that's, and I could be wrong, that's more of a freestyle uh, offense, uh, and he he has to be able to um, freestyle for him to be effective. He can't can't get it, put him in in a, in a structured environment right. because and he he, he has even, he, they have the trouble dealing with that. Even if he is a college quarterback, he. Mm-hmm. He could stick. He has a. He was as good a college quarterback. He could stick around the NFL if he could stay sober and stay out of trouble and 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 work and be reliable. You know, um, right? Because teams they want reliability from a player, especially a quarterback. Even if he's just a backup, you don't want a guy who's going to flake out in the middle of the week. You know, you don't want a guy who's going to get suspended, who's going to get in trouble with the law, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because you know it, it puts your team in a dangerous position. If it's even your you know your backup quarterback, if he's getting into trouble, uh, you know nobody's asking him to you know be be a monk or a priest or something. And, and he's just one of these guys. He just doesn't get it, you know. Um, right. And, and and I hate to say he just epitomizes, and I sound like an old geezer. What's wrong with this gen- this younger generation? Because these cats can't use the bathroom without videotaping it and showing it to the whole world. Yep. You know? Yep. And, you know, when he, he – uh, the the Browns, they wanted him to stay in Cleveland during that off week because I think they wanted to, to, you know, play him more. I think they wanted to start him. And, of course, like an idiot, he says, no, nah, I want to go back to Texas. And then he goes to a party with his idiot friends who have to videotape it. You think somebody's like, okay – you know who is here. Everybody turn off your uh, cameras. Nope. Nope. You know, I mean, these, these Gavones, they, they'd rob a bank and videotape it. You know, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, real ding-a-lings. Uh, yeah. you, you know, their idea of keeping a secret is is, is uh, showing 50 people instead of 100, you know. Um, and then he's so stupid, then he tries lying his way out of it, which he couldn't, you know. Um, you know. And then, you know, this whole off season, you know, he's still, you know, drinking and, and, and probably doing drugs, which the drinking isn't illegal, but he's already been in trouble with that, you know? Um, right. And and this is also a guy who, who does have 
a, a legal problem, which, you know, for the domestic abuse, they say he's, he's probably going to get a probation for that. But it just goes to show that this guy has, you know, he's not just hurting himself. He's he's really, you know, he's breaking the law now. He's breaking, you know, he's hurting other people. That's that's It goes to show you that he's really uh, declined, and he just doesn't get it. And then you'd think with all his money, he'd, he'd hire a decent lawyer, right? And then that lawyer se- sent the text to the wrong person. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 can you imagine you're paying for a lawyer and, and, and he sends that text to the uh, Associated Press or whatever? That's messed up. That's not much of a lawyer. Not too bright, and uh, and not and and also to speak that uh, one of the and I, can't, I hate to say it like this, but I am going to say it like this. One of the sleaziest agents in in professional football, and Drew Rosenhaus dropped him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. So you know, Drew Rosenhaus will take take uh, uh, and his organization will take practically anybody. And Rosenhaus, Rosenhaus visited Plaxico Burris in prison and was, I think, one of the first people to greet him when he came out. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, you're right. So, so if that's pretty bad when you have Drew Rosenhaus take you as a client, then I guess he assessed the situation or his people assessed the situation, and he dropped him. You got to be pretty bad for that to happen. So, uh, just just think about that and and the correlation that, that I'm bringing about about uh, Johnny Manziel and uh, um, Donald Trump. Well, Jeff, uh, we'll definitely be back on on Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, from now until um, whenever uh, until I in, unless I have a um, emergency or or work wise I, I I can't make it. Um, but we'll definitely be on for this Thursday. Uh, and um, people that listen to me and Jeff talk on uh, on uh, politics, uh, this probably won't be the first or the last time. It could be on Thursday. It could be again on Sunday. Uh, I appreciate you, Jeff, for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to bring to light before we um, um, part ways? No, nah, um, just, uh, you know, people got to keep cool and people got to, uh, you know, if, and this isn't just now, but it's always. If if yep. one of your relatives, one of your friends, they're not talking right, they're not acting right, you got to reach out. Don't just say, oh, they'll, but don't just turn the other way. You got to really try to help people. Because I, I, specifically, I remember when I was teenage guy in my early 20s, and this is, you know, young guys sometimes get into trouble, but mm-hmm. it, I was lucky because I was with a good bunch of guys, and if one guy, you know, wanted to do something stupid, somebody always talked him out of it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it was never like somebody would say, "Oh, I'm going to kick that other guy's butt," and somebody would be like, "Yeah, that's right, you do that." You know, uh, uh, so uh, you know, it, it's important to be with a good group of people and uh, the, you know, try to help people. Uh, you know, the people yep. you're close with, the people you know the best. So simple, but you know, not everybody gets that. Well, that that's quite true. That's why we still have uh, the the issues that we have. Cooler hail, cooler, cooler, and, and sensible heads. Uh, don't prevail and then um, things happen. Bad bad things happen. All right, people. Um, tune in next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be here as always, JT, uh, the master plan. And uh, I'm not going to uh, end this with any music. I'm just going to drop the mic and, and leave out of here. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and uh, talk to you again on Thursday night, 8 p.m. See ya. <laughs>